0: I feel like every few months I have another guest on that talks to us about organization and decluttering and systemizing and just getting things back in order and I don't think any of us are exempt from this and if you are, please tell me all your secrets, (laughs) but I think that we need this because something constantly comes up that maybe changes, that shifts things around that make us feel like... We need to take another look at this and really just dig deep and see where we can change some things to help get things back in order or in any order at all for our family. So I know you guys are going to love today's guest. She says something on here that really stuck out to me. And she says, you know, we're, we're all overflowing with something, is it something we want to be overflowing with or is it something that's not very life-giving? I, I want you to just listen to this episode in that kind of mindset that I want this to, you know, bring something to my family that we can overflow in and feel like a peaceful household And also anything that Laura talks about in here, I have a link for it in the show notes. All you have to do is click below this podcast and you'll find the links right there. My next guest, Laura Hernandez, lives in the Dallas area with her husband, Tony, where they are raising their 10 amazing children. She is the founder of Mama Systems, which exists to help mamas bring peace to their homes and live more intentional lives. Laura believes in eliminating, automating, and delegating the things that drain us. Come along, friend. Let's grow.
1: You know those days where you just feel so overwhelmed and tired from all the busy and you just want to multiply the time you do have to create more time for intentional words and family dinners and quality time together? Do you just need to know that you really can keep your family close and your faith strong in today's world? Welcome to families that stick together. Just step right over the random pile of clothes, turn right past the papers still out from last week's school project, maybe don't look at the sink, and make yourself at home friend. I'm your host, Jennifer, wife to my high school sweetheart, mama four, and creator of Together Moments, where we took our same worries and figured out the answer to slowing down, keeping family time a priority, and creating deep connection through solid communication
0: Jennifer Zumbiel. Welcome to Families That Stick Together, Laura. I am so excited to have you here today. You are here to share with us a lot, but we want to hear about your expertise in systems and giving our children independence to help in that and also not forgetting ourselves along the way. But I'd love for you to start by sharing your journey to being the creator of Mama Systems. Yeah. Hey, I'm so excited to be here, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. This is such, such an honor. I
2: and my husband live in the Dallas area and we have 10 kiddos. We obviously did not always have 10 kids. And within one year we went from four kids to eight kids and it was over a six month period. And we had our fifth biological and then ended up fostering and adopting three kiddos in that six month period. We also moved across country, lived in a rental house and we're redoing this house along with having their little sibling come live with us for a good two months in there. Needless to say, it was a little chaotic. (laughs) We had five little people, four and under, all in diapers. And it was just a lot. I mean, we were very much in survival mode and I would kind of back myself up against the wall. I mean, so many times I remember this and just thinking like, if I can just make it to bedtime, they'll all be in their cribs, they'll all be safe. Because I was just so vigilant all the time, making sure everybody's alive, making sure nobody was breaking any rules that, you know, CPS had put out for us. And so it was just very, it was hard. It was a lot and it was hard. And so I finally got to a point where I was like, we can't live this way. Like, this is not, this is not how I want to be a mother, right? Just getting through the day. And so I searched everywhere for different resources and tools and nobody seemed to have something for a family that just grew to eight slash nine kids and half homeschool, half public school therapist in and out of the home. Caseworkers in and out of the home, just all these people all the time, and I realized I've got to figure this out on my own. Like I've got to create systems that work for our family. And that process that I walk through of evaluating our life and then eliminating, automating, and delegating the things that drain us, and prioritizing and planning for the things that matter. That that process is something that I can walk through with other mamas and help them in their unique circumstances, and really help them get systems that help them thrive as a mama and bring peace to their homes. So that is mama systems.
0: Wow, Laura, I did not know that you went from 48 kids within six months. That's incredible. God bless you, like truly, for even having the courage to do that. I feel like that's an episode all in itself. Yeah, I, mean, I have nothing to say to that. Yes, it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> and what year was that then? 2014 slash 15. Okay.
2: Finalized in 2015, but all of that happened in 2014.
0: So you've almost gotten through a decade from that point, do you just look back and think, wow, we just did so much. I never knew I even was capable of. Yeah, it is amazing. I I think that I remember on that plane ride because we had had the oldest
2: of the three in our home before. And um, so we had that relationship with him and with his mama. And so on that plane ride back from Seattle to Texas, I remember, I mean, of course I like leaving friends and I was leaving this house that I love so much and now I'm crying. This is great. Okay. Um, but I just remember like having open hands on the plane and saying like, Lord, just use us. I don't know how, I don't know what you're going to do, but just use us. And like, looking back, I'm like, I can see, I can see very clearly Satan's attacks on us constantly, but I can see the Lord's provision. Now he's provided from like sped teachers to certain coaches and certain counselors and just all these people that I could not have handpicked them better than the Lord has done that for us. And so it's very sweet to see his provisions along the way and to know that doing hard things that he's with us and he's got us and it's not going to call us to something and then abandon us, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, you have me tearing up that. I mean, it just makes me think of Proverbs three, five, six, trust the Lord, your God with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Yeah. And Oh, gosh. Thanks for sharing that with us. That You're right. I mean, if we can just get to that point of total surrender and know what that feels like, that's beautiful. Okay. Well, I feel like I have have a podcast episode lined up. Let's stick to it. Maybe we'll get back to this story. (laughs) Unless if at any point through here, you feel you're being led to add anything else in about that journey, um, please do weave it in here. This is Beautiful. I love hearing from you know moms just like us who are just walking their life and God caused them to something and you don't feel like it's anything great. You're just putting one foot in front of the other and going where God leads. And you look back and think, wow, how how did I even get through that? Yeah. It feels yeah.
2: I uh uh-huh.
0: I know I oh, speechless
2: than that, I just <laughs> so much to even contemplate.
0: Laura, you you have told us that your mission is to help mamas bring peace to their homes and live more intentional lives, which came to you because you hit a point where you said, I, I can't live this way anymore. And I think so much of our so many of our stories are that way in in just hitting a crossroads. And what are we going to choose? It doesn't have to be something you know, huge and dramatic to anyone on the outside, but we can feel it in our hearts. So what is your first piece of motivational talk for the mom sitting here right now who just feels so tired and she feels that peace and intentionality seem hard? Maybe some days they feel completely impossible. And how, how can you show her that this can happen every day? Yeah. So my first
2: step always with mamas is to notice and I have them kind of assess their lives and assess what they're doing. And that's little things from like loading the dishes, making coffee, taking kids to school, scrolling on Instagram, just like really taking inventory of what you're spending your time on. And often we'll find that some of those things are just time wasters that are just sucking our time that we can get rid of. And then there's other things that really give us life throughout our day. And then there's things that absolutely drain us and suck us dry. And that might be like loading dishes or (laughs) uh, doing laundry, just things that happen all the time that you're just like, I'm so sick of this. If I have to pull one more piece of laundry. So noticing all of those things and those things that drain you, we really want to figure out how we can get rid of them. And we do this by eliminating, automating, and delegating. And so eliminating is very clear, less stuff, less things you're doing, less. So saying no to things, say no to relationships, like putting boundaries up that are draining to you, less things, the less you have, the less you're taking care of. And it's amazing where if you, I mean, even just let's take toys, for example, if you can cut down on half the toys, that's half the stuff you're cleaning up at the end of the day, right? So just think about different areas in your house that feel overwhelming. How can we create less in that space? Next, moving to automating. Automating is using systems to basically take the brain power out from you so that you're not having to think about it. So an automation could be like having a themed meal plan where you're not having to think of all the different recipes that you know, but you have like very specific, specified recipes that you're looking to. So for us, that's like Taco Tuesday. We're not just doing the hard shell tacos, right? We're doing fajitas or quesadillas, something like in the Mexican category. Breakfast on Wednesday, you can do waffles. You can do sausage, you can do breakfast tacos. Like you can do all these different things in that category, but all I'm thinking about is breakfast, you know? So it just really narrows it down and really takes a lot of that decision fatigue and brain power out away from you. So that can be an automation. And then things like simple things like grocery delivery or air filter delivery, just having things automated that come to your house automatically where you're not having to remember it. I mean, those things are huge. I have a great little automation list I would love to share. I, I can send that to you. And just, it's like very simple, like pick three things that you can automate and it just helps a little less, a little less that you're doing. Third is delegating. And that's delegating to your kids, delegating to your husband, delegating out to other people. You cannot be all things to all people all the time. You just can't be, you cannot do it all. And I think that is a beautiful place to be. of just being like, I can't do it. I cannot do it. And I feel very blessed that I hit that rock bottom very early on and kind of got to that place of like, I can't do it all. So I need help. I need this village around me. And I think for generations, so many mamas have lived in these villages where everyone is helping each other and we're kind of islands now and we don't have that. And we're scared
0: to ask for help. And, um, I don't think that's how it's supposed to be. Something you said really, stuck out to me. You said um, when talking about the automating, we, we just need to narrow down things and take the decision fatigue off of our plate. I think that's so huge. And just narrowing in on that one thought of decision fatigue and making it easier on ourselves as moms already feels like, oh, if I just kind of followed that path, there would naturally be more peace and intentionality in my home because make it easier on those daily decisions. I have heard someone say before, like, I don't know if there was a book written on this or it's a concept or someone teaches this, maybe you know about this. It's called Choose Once or Choose One Time or something like that. And that's what it made me think of when you say Taco Tuesday or Breakfast Wednesday is you choose once that... From here on out, we do Mexican food on Tuesdays and breakfast foods on Wednesdays. And that's just how it goes. And that automatically feels so freeing, even though, you know, the, the, the other side looks like, no, you just place boundaries around that. No, you just gave yourself so much freedom. Have you heard of that specific yeah, concept?
2: So the lazy genius. And she said, decide once. I've heard her talk about it when she's talking about decluttering or getting rid of stuff. And so you pull out stuff and you're going to decide once that you're taking everything to goodwill. You're not going to separate it out to go take it to all these different places, but decide once, just pile it all and take it to goodwill.
0: Thank you for telling me who that was. I didn't know. We make it so hard on ourselves and because we're just running, 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 and we don't slow down long enough to even think about what we're doing and Just thinking about that gives me decision fatigue, (laughs) but taking that's why that's, that stuck out to me. I think that's what a lot of us, that could be the root of a lot of reasons we don't execute and follow through on some things.
2: Yeah. Decision fatigue is a very real thing. Like they've done studies and I often quote this one parole case, like the officers and parole, they had studied like all these parole judges and in the morning, the judges were 70% likely to give a person parole and by the evening it was only 10% by the end of the day. And I'm like, I totally get that. Because by the end of the day, I'm like, you know, do whatever you want. Bath in the pool sounds great. Candy for dinner, yes. Like, do what you want because I can't do any more today, you know? So I think a lot of us mamas really feel
0: that on a daily basis. And we snap at our kids and we snap at our husband because we are just done. That's so interesting. Yes. And I think that goes back to what you opened with on this topic was Notice, teach ourselves to notice. Notice maybe also when we are at our best as, if you want to say, moms for the day or best at being intentional. When are those moments that we feel alive and capitalize on that and the ones that we already know we're struggling in, then set up the independent activities for our children to do because we know we're not going to be engaged with them. Yes. Okay. This is good. All right. So, I have personally what feels like a large family (laughs) with four children is nothing like 10 children, but we both certainly have helpers within that abundance of children, which you just talked about. So although we can sometimes look at the multiple hands, meaning multiple messes, and that feels like a negative thing, we can also flip that around and look at it as an opportunity to invite our children in. To learn so many virtues around having a servant's heart and growing independence. So, share with us more about what you just said. How do you teach your children systems that work in your home for keeping the peace and teaching so many good character building habits?
2: Yeah. So this is my favorite thing to. And I have a lot of favorite things to talk about. I confess, but this is one of them. Um, I love helping mamas with chore systems because once they're in place, it's so life giving. So let's start off by saying we're going to just we're going to decide once we're going to do it the lazy genius way and decide once and figure out what our kids are going to do. We're not going to be changing this. This is not a rotation. It's not a spinning wheel thing like we're deciding once. So for this season, these are the jobs my kids are going to do. And so I love to break it down as like morning responsibilities and afternoon responsibilities. And our morning jobs are a lot of just hygiene roommate responsibility kind of things. So when your kid goes off to college, what do you want them to know how to do? So I want my kids to be able to put their dishes in the sink. I want them to be able to make their bed. And for our different ages, like I'm not asking our three-year-old to make it like the Hilton, right? It's just putting his lovies on the bed. Like that's his, that's his standard. And then our older ones, like make your bed. And maybe that's not important to you. And maybe that doesn't matter to you. And that's fine. You got to know what's important to you. A lot of those little roommate responsibilities happen in the morning. Um, And then typically during the school year, that's all they do because they're getting out the door and there's too much going on. But in the summertime, I love to tack on one more little job just to increase and challenge them, you know, and what they can do. And then in the afternoon, we have five o'clock jobs and they happen at five o'clock. So we set a timer on our devices and that alarm goes off and we all hop to. So and it's not like we're the Von Trapp family here. I set the alarm so that I can go start dinner because I will often forget. And I'm like, oh gosh, it's time for bed. And I haven't fed anybody. And we're, what are we doing here? Like it's seven o'clock and I just, whatever. So I forget. And so this helps me be like, okay, now's a good time. It helps beat the hangry children thing for us. So that's our time that we do it. So I'll go cook dinner while I'm doing that. Everyone has responsibilities they're doing. And I like to break it up into three just to help everything be fair amongst all the people, you know? So everybody needs to get ready for the next day. And so what that looks like for every kid is different, but for the majority, it's laying out clothes for the next day, getting shoes and glasses and socks and lunches ready, all the papers signed, all the things in their backpack. So they're ready to go for the morning time. Number two, how are they going to help with dinner time? And so a few of them will help after dinner, but for the majority they're helping get dinner on the table. So setting the table, putting forks on the table, getting drinks for everyone. Like they have one little thing to do for our dinner time. And then the final thing is everyone has a zone that they're in charge of. And so this could be like, hey, they're in charge of picking up all the Legos around the house. Or it could be, hey, you're in charge of cleaning up the living room and putting the blankets and the pillows away. And so being very specific about what you expect with your kiddos is really important. And setting those expectations for them and setting those expectations for yourself as well. It takes out a lot of the arguing and just dispute amongst you guys, because often my kids will be like, well, I didn't make that mess. And I'm like, well, we have, like, we have the rule that that doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if you put all the blankets on the floor or not, that's your job. And you're going to clean it up because he's doing something else over there that he didn't make the mess for, but he's going to clean it up because we're a team and that's how we work. So Um, Just setting those really clear expectations is a wonderful thing. And having everybody have a responsibility, amazing.
0: Okay. I love how you laid all that out. It it was great. You gave us a great visual of what that day would look like, what time of day our children are doing this, how their responsibilities are not that crazy. They're within their age range. And I know um, you give a great freebie online for helping us get our kids started with chores and you have it broken down by what's appropriate for each age. And you give us a couple suggestions. One thing I'm over here on the video shaking my head going, Oh, that's brilliant. Is a zone they're in charge of. Okay. I really like that. Laura, is this a zone? I know you said you just stick with it. Like you give them their chore and this is what it is. Do you switch up the zones? I'm just curious. Or does everyone just know that's, Always my zone. Maybe it'll change three months from now, but that's when I'm in charge of it. always stays the same. And the point of that, and we might change them up for like
2: summertime. We might change up chores or whatever, but the point in keeping things the same is that there's no arguing. Like we're not, we're not having conversations about who did it last and whose turn it is now. None of that's happening. We're also not arguing with me. It's like, I didn't do it. Or I didn't like, we're just not doing that. You have a job and you're going to do it. Also, I find that when you have a lot of kids, it's hard to keep track of switching jobs and you're like, shoot, is it your turn? I, I thought you did that last month, but is it maybe it is your responsibility to do? It. It's too much. So, no, don't do that.
0: This bonus question with Lara comes to us from Together for Easter. And this sticker says name a time you tried something new and you were able to lead by example so i think i all that comes to my mind at the moment are hikes
2: doing hikes and adventurous things out with my family Um, we have a lot of complainers in these children that we have i know that's shocking but there's a lot of complaining going on when we go on hikes and so just to be able to like get the energy going and to lead by example and just follow or walk ahead and have them follow it's hard for them to stay back and complain when you're just keep going and keep walking so I think that's a beautiful a beautiful picture of just a mama with her babies following and doing hard things you know
0: no it really is and it makes me think okay in those moments I don't want to complain about the thing I don't want to do how much can I actually be an example to my children instead so thanks (laughs) for that reminder (laughs) you're so welcome Okay. Give us an example of the conversation we're going to have with our kids today or this weekend coming up or whatever. I'm sitting here. I'm the mom who says, I love that. That's going to help my family so much. I have two kids. I have four. I have six, whatever it is. What is that conversation that we have with our children to let them know this is going to be good for all of us? And I also want you to touch on if you're having the family meeting or something, how you let them kind of work towards their strengths in maybe a zone, like picking that. Yeah.
2: So different seasons, I've kind of let let kids lead in different ways in that. And so I'll sometimes ask the older kids, like, what do you want to be in charge of? Do you feel like this is, you know, whatever. I'll kind of let them pick because they're the oldest and can do that. And then, So I call this a team meeting. And so I'm like, okay, guys, we're gonna have a team meeting. Before we do that, before we have a team meeting, I'm like, we're getting really clear on what I want from them and what's expected of them. So that in my mind, I like to think about it as like, Hey, if I'm going to bed at night, what are all the things I'm doing before bed? Like, how do I want to wake up in the morning? What do I want the house to feel like? So to get there, what needs to happen at nighttime? And is that like picking up toys? Is that putting dishes in the dishwasher? Is that like, what is that? You know? Um, and those are the things I want to delegate out to my kids. And those are the things I want done because I want us to wake up to a peaceful home and not a chaotic one. So we sit down together and it's been very clear in our home that we're, we all have responsibilities. That's not a, this is not a new thing for us. And so it's a pretty easy, like, okay, Matthew, you're going to be in charge of feeding the dogs now. So when you're going to do that is first thing in the morning. Before you get on the bus, I need you to feed the dogs. And so then we'll go around the table and talk about everybody's responsibilities. And I'll come back and say like, but who, whose job was it to feed the dogs? And just to like reiterate and everyone's like, it's Matthew's job. And so we're, then we're all on the same page of this whole thing, right? If you have older kids that maybe this is a new idea and they're struggling with getting on board with that. I think just vulnerability as a mama with your kids is a beautiful thing because it allows them to step in and take some responsibility and to help, which builds intimacy between the two of you. And it's a beautiful thing. So just saying, Hey guys, you know what? I'm really struggling lately. This is the house has kind of become a mess. It's a disaster. I feel like I'm running nonstop and trying to do X, Y, Z, and I'm really struggling. I'm wondering if you guys could help out with some things. Do you think that you could help out with loading the dishes every night before you go to bed? I feel almost positive that your children have a heart and that they would say, yeah, I think I can do that. Or do you think that I could do this instead and ask for compromise, but just allowing them to see kind of that vulnerability that you can't do it all. Oh my goodness. Like you're, you're not going to be this martyr for your family. Like that's, that's what we're teaching our kids. And that's what we're teaching our daughters to do is that you need to deny everything that you hold dear and value and give it all to your family. And I, I don't, I don't think that's a healthy way to, to approach anything. So
0: Thanks for that. That makes it feel very realistic for the family who hasn't implemented this before. It feels like a great place to start. And I do agree. We sometimes do end up being the martyr. And a lot of times I think it's because we get in that habit of, okay, well, we're running here, we're running there. Our systems are breaking down. It doesn't matter. I do it the best, I'll just take care of it. I can do it 20 times faster than them. I know where it goes. I know how I like it done. I don't feel like putting the energy into teaching anyone or having this conversation. We just do it. And you're right. It's not a good example to be leading, which goes into the next thing in the last topic I wanted to talk to you about. Self-care is a trendy word. It can turn some people off because, you know, you get the eye roll and think, oh, that's so fake. It's not even happening in my life. I'm at this season. It doesn't work, or it feels selfish. Can't fit into my day to day, but talk to us a bit about how you rely on that and you actually make it happen, Laura, in your own very demanding and busy day to day with 10 children. Yeah.
2: Here's the deal is that we, as mamas, if we're not being filled up, it's not a pretty picture. Like we're overflowing with something and it's not, it's not life-giving. <laughs> and so I know for myself that whenever I'm not taking care of myself, when I'm exhausted, when I'm tired, when we haven't gone on date night in a while, when I haven't gone out with my girlfriends in a while, and I haven't like just debriefed with another adult, that I am, I'm not a pleasant person to be around. And my children and my husband get the brunt of that, right? I'm not going to act that way towards somebody at the grocery store, but I will act that way towards them. And it's not pretty. And so I think just being able to see it more of instead of being selfish, instead of like thinking of it as I'm going to get my nails done and I'm going to sit and get a pedicure and a massage and which those things are great. I love those. Don't hear me knocking those things at all. But I think that's our view of self-care. And I think it needs to be much broader. I think that we need to start thinking of it as taking care of our mind, our body and our soul. Um, And what does that look like on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a yearly basis? How are we going to feed into those relationships or pour into those relationships that we have with our people? If we are completely depleted, you know,
0: you said something that really made so much sense. It, it, I've never heard it said this way, although it's not like mind blowing, but you said we're overflowing with something. Is it life giving or not? And you're so right. Something is bubbling over. What do we want that to be? Yeah. Gosh, you have given us so much great wisdom on here. So much awesome mom advice, friend advice. I feel like we could break down each question and make its own episode. Thank you for giving us so much of your motherly wisdom. And you didn't even share how old are your kids? What's the age range today? Yeah, our oldest is 16. And then our youngest is three. Okay. Awesome. So you have advice (laughs) for every part of this. I, I want you to share the last thing um, with us is what's one thing helping your family stick together. And I think this is such a good question to ask you because you do have such a large family and I'm sure we're pulling, you're pulled in every direction and you have the kid's ages all over, which means they have all their different activities there in Fabway. So what makes your family stick together right now?
2: Our dinner time is kind of where we, that's where we've, we've put all our eggs in that basket, right? Like that's, that's where we're connecting in our day. And I, I'm really excited because I just got your your together. Well, I ordered it and it's coming today and I'm super excited about that, but We love to be intentional with our mealtimes because we have to feed everybody anyway, and they all happen to want to eat three times a day. So it's just an easy thing to sit around the table. And when we're sitting around the table, just being intentional with our talking and with our listening. And so we go around and do highs and lows of our day and how that made us feel. And it's everyone else's job to listen. I mean, this is still, we're still practicing this because we've been doing it for eight years now and we're still here. We're still practicing, but I think it's such a good practice to be able to stop and listen to somebody else and let somebody else have the turn to talk to everyone. And, and just kind of building that unity in our family and that, Hey, you matter. We want to hear what you have to say. Like, I think that that's, that's been huge for us because, you know, i used to listen to like Sally Clarkson and I adore Sally Clarkson. And she would talk about these meals that she'd have as her family. And they would talk about listening to classical music and this is such romanticized dinner time. Right. And even she was like, and it could be bread or popcorn or whatever, but you know, basically the atmosphere is such, and I'm like, yeah, I'm yelling at people nonstop to stop talking and to eat. And, and so I just really had to like, rethink what's going to work for our family, because I can't, I can't do that. My kids aren't old enough to do that. We can't talk classical music. And now I'm like, we have special needs kiddos. Like we're not, we're not having these intense conversations at the dinner table, but we can check in on our day and we can talk about our days. And so it's just a wonderful little glimpse into everyone's life. And that was a really long answer for you.
0: It was a great answer. I I mean, that is so much of what we talk about on here. We cannot underestimate or neglect the power of our family dinner table. It is begging us to sit there. It has so much goodness we have got to use it. And I'm so excited that you get your together for family dinner today. I cannot wait to hear how it works for a family of 12. This is going to be awesome. I definitely need to see some pictures. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> um, okay. So the last thing is tell us where our listeners can connect with you, learn from you, and they're going to be shocked to hear you have a podcast on a totally different to- topic. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um. So mamasystems.net is my website and you can grab the chore guide there, but I would also love to gift your guest gift your listeners. Um, I have a a self-care guide and it's this beautiful thing that kind of walks you through all the different parts of taking care of yourself and then creating a plan for that. And then how to advocate for yourself in that. Um,
0: yes. And I will put that in the show notes. So everyone can click right below this podcast episode and go directly towards getting that from Laura.
2: Perfect. And then, um, Mama Systems on Facebook and Instagram. And then the podcast I have is for adoptive and special needs mamas, and it's called Mama Advocate. And we just launched a few weeks ago. And my heart is to love on special needs mamas and specifically mamas who have adopted that have kiddos with FASD, which is fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. So,
0: Laura, thank you for all that you're doing for our families, for just building up peace in our homes, goodness, keeping it intentional, and just helping us all to really focus on what God desires for our families. Thank you. That's so kind. For more stickers like
1: the one you heard in this episode, visit TogetherMoments.com, shop all our products, sign up for our newsletter to receive all kinds of good information to help keep your family growing strong, and follow us at togethermoments. Moments. You can also find this sticker prompt written out in the show notes wherever you listen to this podcast and on our website at TogetherMoments.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and it does help you to gather moments and build your family stronger, please recommend it to a friend, leave a review, or simply tag us and let us know that you're listening. Thank you for making this ministry matter by being a family that sticks together.